and welcome to the Hitman's Last Great Year, a Smack Attic podcast project. We're talking about Bret Hart's final year in WWF, which is roughly 1997. We're starting early 1996, or sorry, late 1996. And we're going to stop before the end of 1997 for reasons that are pretty clear if you know who Bret Hart is. I'm your host, Matt Vaughn. And each week on this podcast, I'm going to have a guest co-host with me. And uh, I decided after last week's episode, let's run it back with my guy. And uh, we got him here. We, we we pulled him off of the bench from YouTube, from Punchboard Party, the YouTube channel. Daniel Pedipod is here. How are you doing, Daniel? Very good, Matt. Love being here with you, talking about the greatest era of wrestling today. Right? Pretty much. I mean, that's the, that's the main thing. Now, Daniel, this podcast, you know, this specific project, we're focusing on the hitman, Bret Hart. How was your, What are your thoughts on Bret Hart in general? Like, How do you feel about the guy uh, as a wrestler? I mean, obviously, you're a big Shawn Michaels fan. That's how I, I know you. Um, how do you feel about him? That's right. I I always am happy when Bret Hart is in the ring. I think he looks great. I think he is just, uh, they call him an excellent technician, and that's exactly what he is. And so it's fantastic to watch Bret Hart matches. I can't, but keep my eyes fixed on him. He pulled off black and pink better than anyone could ever have imagined. I, I think he's excellent. It's just a matter of he was always kind of, face-to-face with my boy, and so I couldn't like him as much, but it didn't mean I didn't like him. What a, what a, what a glowing review for a Shawn Michaels fan for that. I mean, you, you hit it on the head, right? I mean, excellent technician, a guy in the ring, and, you know, honestly, I'm like three episodes into this whole adventure, Daniel, but I'm like, you know what? I don't know a lot of people who are doing storytelling and matches better than him in a lot of ways. Like, Because, like, he's doing matches that aren't just, like, underdog comes back, which is what a lot of wrestling matches are, where it's like, uh, you know, some of the best times, like when we talked last project, we talked about SmackDown Six era. Sometimes you have a match where Eddie Guerrero is like mad, and you're like, "Oh, he's wrestling. He's angry. This is cool." Like you see all the time, guys who are wrestling like they're wanting to beat the other guy, but not like they're like frustrated. And you wrestle different when you're frustrated. Right. You do things different. Like you know, he's he's doing the wrestling equivalent like slamming doors, uh, or he's like disrespecting people, and we get to see it here because uh, Bret Hart does in fact wrestle in this episode, which is great. But let's talk about what this episode is. This is the uh, November 25th, 1996 episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, it was taped. This is the second show of a big taping night. This is back when they would tape Raw, and Raw would be one hour long. So we're here for another part of the taping here in, new, in the New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about last week's episode just to get some context here. Uh, it was the night before – sorry, it was the night after Survivor Series 1996. Uh, and we ended the show with an interview with a freshly crowned WWF champion, Psycho Sid, who – took the belt off Shawn Michaels the night before and said, you know what? I would take a rematch with Shawn, but I'm also facing Bret Hart in the pay-per-view. Also, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Mankind had a tough man contest that ended with The Undertaker getting involved. So that was last week's show. Uh, now this show, uh, we, we say, you know, do we have a bonus episode to talk about? Uh, sorry, a bonus match, because on all the shows, we're going to be covering a Bret Hart match. Uh, and we don't have to have a, a, a bonus episode here, because Bret is wrestling in tonight's episode, which is fun. Also... We'd like to talk about what the good folks in New Haven would have seen before the show. We talk about the dark matches, but because we're in a big taping block, uh, there are no dark matches. <laughs> before this was the last episode of Raw, and after this will be the next episode of Raw. Uh, so they're just, just folks who are just there for presumably three and a half, four, four and a half hours, which is a freaking long time, but sure. You can do that. Hey, t- tell me about it, Matt. Tell me about it. That's, I know. That's what a wrestling fan gets nowadays. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's like, congratulations. You just saw full gear uh, from AEW. That's also four and a half hours. Um, yeah, this, uh, this, let's talk about the Monday Night Raw from November 25th, 1996. I mean, right off the bat, I got to tell you, this aired the night of my eighth birthday. 
So happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Matt. Thank you. I think I might have got something from like Ninja Turtles. I'm not sure. It sounds about right, though. That's like kind of a Ninja Turtles era. Maybe Transformer. It's unclear. I was an eight-year-old. Um, I mean, ideally, it would be like, I got Bret Hart merchandise, which I might have. I don't know. I had a diesel glove at one point, which I know is worthy of respect uh, now. Or no, it was a glove. I think it was a um, a keychain. Always fun to get keychains when you um, are a child without keys. But uh, that's what I had. I think I had like a vest or something. Some great early, uh, some mid mid nineties merch. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're we're Vince McMahon says, "Welcome everyone to Monday Night Raw," and some pyro explodes overhead, and we hear the familiar strains of an electric guitar riff because. We've got Bret Hart taking on Owen Hart. Uh, Owen Hart has come to the ring by Clarence Mason, his uh, manager. And Bret Hart, you know, classic Bret. He's got his uh, his pink sunglasses, wraparound sunglasses. Bret has sunglasses you've never seen anyone ever wear. Uh, that you've never, like, you wouldn't, I mean, That's I right. assume <laughs> if you were, like, at, at the beach in the 80s, maybe people have these kind of wraparound sunglasses. But, uh, yeah, it's unclear. <laughs> it's hard to imagine people being able to see through them, but I guess they did. Uh, and so Brett, yeah, he goes down outside the ring. He goes to this young lady at ringside who looks like she's like, I don't know, like 10 maybe. And uh, Vince McMahon sees her and he says, is she beautiful or what? And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to believe that Vince, I'm going to choose to believe specifically that Vince saw a little brunette girl out of his own daughter, Stephanie McMahon. And I also thought, well, you know, it could also be like a McMahon relative because they're in Connecticut. So it could be like his ne- his niece or something. But it is funny to hear Vince be like, oh, isn't she beautiful? And I'm like, Vince, man, in like like five years, you're going to go. You, you will never say anything that ge- sweet and genuine and fatherly ever again on television. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sorry, what was that, Daniel? He also has a handsy moment a little later on here. So He does have a handsy moment, which they do kind of uh, make a point of pointing out, which I enjoyed. Uh, they, which I was they... like, whoa, didn't age well, didn't age well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Sonny deserves a, pay- a check, I think. Uh, also, behind the behind the girl okay. with the sunglasses, uh, there's this young guy who's opening his jacket to reveal a Four Horsemen t-shirt, which is so funny. It's like totally like a guy wearing like a John Moxley shirt at WWE show today. Be like, look what I have on. Like, yeah, okay. I get it. You're cool. You like the Four Horsemen. It's, it's November '96. You're a pretty cool guy. Uh, so Jr. He's talking about this match. Here. He points out, you know, Owen Hart beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10, and Owen is the only Hart family member who has a championship because he's actually the tag team champion with the British Bulldog, who also, by marriage, is a member of the uh, the, the Hart family. Uh, and so we see a split screen because they love these split screens, Daniel, uh, where uh, that Shawn Michaels he's in San Antonio, Texas. And we see him being led into a living room uh, by Jose Lothario's wife. So he just like this older woman who's just like carrying Shawn Michaels through a very typical house, a suburban house. And uh, we're going to hear from him yes. later on. Uh, and so this is the so, first. So the kids yeah. on Jose Lothario's lap, are those yes. his grandkids or kids? I think his grandkids because he's is 62. So that's the yeah, only thing that I, I think wondered. that makes sense. I know it's worth it's worth asking. <laughs> I think it's a very valid question. Um, yeah, I think I think they're gone. They're gone later on as we see them. This match here between uh, Brett and Owen. This is actually Brett's first match on Raw since he faced Tatanka back in March 1996, and that was actually Tatanka's last WWF match until 2005 because Tatanka ends up doing another stint on SmackDown from between 2005 and 2007. I don't. I did not even know this, by the way, Daniel. You're looking at me. Oh, you didn't know that. 
Not really. I was watching it again when he came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going through my database and I'm like, Tatanka wrestled so much in 2006. What the hell is going on here? This is like completely bizarre. Uh, but yeah, that's what he did. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, and uh, so yeah, we get underway with Owen and Brett here, with Brett pushing Owen into the corner. Then Brett gets an arm ringer uh, and he kips up, but Owen Hart takes him down right away. Uh, and Brett ends up dropping Owen by his hair, which is kind of a dirty move. Uh, we just talked last week about the no holds barred right. match that uh, Owen Brett had with uh, Diesel, and it's like there's a lot of hair pulling there too. Uh, but I guess the story here is that they're brothers, and they're going to fight a little dirty, and they're going to know each other, and they're going to be rough to each other, and we're just going to have to go with it. Uh, we see Owen, he does this like forward handspring out of an arm ringer, showing off that he's quite athletic as well. And then the boys get into this pushing contest, and then they start slapping each other. And then in the midst of doing this, Brett takes a completely different tack, and uh, he drops down and gets a schoolboy roll-up on Owen. Uh, which I guess you could say is just him trying to take advantage of the heated emotions and get a pin, which is like kind of cool strategy. I was like, okay, I like how we're kind of like, he's like, look, we're getting heated here, but I'm going to get into it and just try to do this random thing and see if I can get a win. Okay, there you go. Bret Hart is not above rolling somebody up for a victory. It's about winning in the WWF, the War Rossing Federation, sure. as Mr. Manning would say. Uh, yeah, so Bret gets some offense on uh, on Owen. We see the uh, British Bulldog is in the back. He's watching the match. Uh, because uh, he's the brother-in-law of both men. He's also Owen's tag team partner. And he's watching the TV fairly directly. He's not watching like from a real weird angle, as a lot of people would. But he is standing and watching a CRT TV from a very close position. So it's still unnatural. Still not a way that someone would watch a television. Not the way that I watched this episode of Raw, for example. But okay. British Bulldog is there. Which I guess is good. Cause British there, Bulldog... there was one time on SmackDown where Kurt Angle was watching like in a recliner. But it was yes. like it was the only time where it looked like how someone would actually watch TV. Yeah, I think we shot like over his shoulder too, and I was like, yeah, that's fine, yeah. do that. Like start on him, show him what he's doing. I like that. Good. He's watching wrestling the way we all do. Uh, which I appreciate. Uh so Owen gets the advantage, he pounds on Brett in the corner, and he gets a camel clutch on Brett, but Brett fights out of it. Uh and then Owen uh he slings Brett over his head with a belly to belly suplex. So when Brett comes off the ropes, it's kind of fun to see. You're like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Um then he just kind of like flips him like that. Yeah. We're told later tonight we got Billy Gunn versus Wildman Mark Marrow. Ooh, baby. Batman. And yeah, and Sable. Sable's also around. Um, Owen catches Brett with an enziguri as we take a commercial break. And when we come back, we see Owen gets tossed with a top bar turnbuckle to the mat by Brett. Sorry, what was was JR pumping up? JR was pumping up uh, how the enziguri and then finish him off with the you know so he was yeah we're halfway there that that was the move that pretty much killed sean right that's the whole thing with it is that he he got his head taken off by it uh which is crazy that like just kind of out of uh out of an angle like the instagram became so much more powerful it's kind of cool to see it done um i see a guy in the crowd here he's got a cactus jack shirt on like nearly a year before the cactus jack variation of mick foley comes out uh which is so you got like a real uh kind of what they would call a smarky kind of guy there in the front row it's kind of wild to see yeah. Um, and then Brett gets an, a second rope elbow drop, and he nearly goes for sharpshoot, but he kind of decides against it. And so Owen rolls him up, and Brett kicks out. He flips Owen out of the ring. And so to get back into the ring, Owen comes back in with a sunset flip, but Brett rolls out of it, and he goes for a sharpshooter. And he nearly has Owen rolled over in the sharpshooter when in comes Snow Cold Steve Austin, of all people. He's got a chair, and he whacks Brett with a steel chair, and the match is over. And Brett wins by disqualification 
presumably. They don't really say. But he does get walloped by a chair by Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then we have some intrigue here, Daniel. And I thought this was very interesting. The way that they did this. Uh, this was. Right? Like, it's this, this, this whole dynamic. So here's what happens. So Brett is down. Like, almost kind of knocked out. And so Austin takes the chair and he puts Brett's leg through it, kind of trying to pilmonize him. This is something that, that uh, Steve Austin did like three weeks ago where he uh, he jumped on uh, from the top rope of the second rope onto Brian Pillman's leg, which was stuck in a chair. And so this is what Austin is trying to do, Bret Hart here. And so Owen Hart is with him, and he's actually excited. He's helping Austin. But then suddenly, here comes British Bulldog. Good thing he was watching backstage. Good thing we saw him there. Uh, he runs in, and That's he doesn't right. even talk to Austin. He doesn't even talk to Owen. All he does immediately is he takes the chair off of Brett, and he's like, no, this is insane. Enough. Stop this. Uh, and so, like, okay, there's some interesting dis- dissension here. And so they try to do it again. Bre- Bulldog takes it off again, and he gets right in Owen's face. He's like, what are you doing? Stop doing this. Stop doing this. And so with uh, Bulldog distracted, Stone Cold Steve Austin grabs a chair and hits Bulldog with it. And it's like, oh. And then so that actually causes Owen to be mad at Austin. And so now we have this whole dynamic where, again, Steve Austin, he's playing his own game. He's doing exactly what he wants. And Owen is helping him in this moment. He's like, oh, I like Brett. But then it's like, oh, no, like, truly, you can't trust a rattlesnake. It's not going to be good because sometimes if anybody gets in his way, he'll whack him. Even if he's your buddy, if he's your tag team partner, you're going to get it. And uh, that leads to multiple times where we go to the back and talk to Doc Hendricks. And throughout the night, Doc Hendricks is going to be like, yeah, there's conflict here. <laughs> These guys are worked up. <laughs> this, like, is, this is worse than the locker room. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly. They're all worked up. There's no scrums, unfortunately. Uh, man, that joke was very dated by the time we, this show comes out, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, we'll hear from uh, we'll hear from Doc Hendricks just talk, just telling us all the, all the things that he essentially did backstage there. And so our next match here is the Executioner, who comes to the ring with Paul Bearer and uh. Mankind, and he's going up against Freddie Joe Floyd. And we're told the Executioner has an Armageddon Rules match against the Undertaker at the upcoming In Your House show. Uh, and despite the insanely cool name for the match, it ends up being a bit lame. So I'm excited to share that with you guys. Um, but Armageddon rules, let's just say, uh, not, not quite Armageddon-y, not really worthy of that name. Uh, and so, yeah, executioner is handling Freddie Joe Floyd here and Doc Andrews cuts in and says, yeah, this is drama backstage, like we said. And one thing I want to point out, Freddie Joe is not like a jobber person. I mean, he's obviously kind of a jobber, but he's actually Tracy Smothers, uh, who's a proper WCW wrestler at the time. He's actually a former WCW United States tag team champion back in 1991, 1992, um, also, okay. this is your first time finding out there is a mid-card tag team title in WCW? Yeah, there was. How crazy is that? They actually had enough to be like, <laughs> there's, a, there's a world championship for tag teams and a U.S. championship for tag teams. Um, they, they got rid huh. of it, though. Yeah, it's weird. I, you can expect uh, certain promotions to add another title, a tag title somewhere in there at some point, probably. Uh, and so, yeah, of course, the match ends just the way you think it would, uh, with the executioner jamming his thumb into the guy's neck. Uh, which is called the Asian Spike, I think. I don't know. The problem with that, of course, is the executioner, not Asian, doesn't seem to be appropriating Asian culture. I think you should probably hit him with a shovel or like he should have a move called the scythe. I don't get the thumb, the spike of it. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's more round than spiky, but, you know, we'll make do. Yeah, it's like, does he have like, does he have like maybe like a thing on his thumb? would be bad. Like, no, I think he's just jamming his thumb in there, right? It wouldn't be that bad. I don't think so, at least. And we go, you know, we get to the, we get to essentially the, the main attraction for Daniel and I here, which is Shawn Michaels and Jose Lothario are waiting live in San Antonio, Texas. And they're sitting on a very dated couch. It looks like a couch you would watch this episode of Raw on. It's very error appropriate. 
which I appreciate. It's like this is what a 1996 couch looked like. Uh, and we come back from a commercial break. We see this very fancy oil painting behind them. Posey Lothario as in his prime as a wrestler, which is what you should have in your house. This movie, this thing that makes you look at your like like some Western hero or like a saint or something like that. And we pull back from there. I, I have an oil painting of myself as a professional wrestler, and I was never a professional wrestler. So. I love it. I think I should get an oil painting of you in my house, Daniel. I think that'd be great. Because, I mean, all the great hairstyles throughout the years, mostly long. Um, great physique. I, I just think it's a great time. I think I'm, I might look into it. I might actually, for your birthday next year, I will get myself a painting of you. And you'll just know that I have it. Well, here, here. Why, why don't we get a piece co-commissioned of you uh, yep. with a Bret Hart body uh, having me <laughs> in a Shawn Michaels body in a sharpshooter. Just, just like the like podcast art. This podcast. Exactly. Right. Oh, great idea. I love that. Uh, I love I Daniel, I can never hurt you, though. Even insinuating <laughs> that makes me so sad. Emotionally, sure. We've had our, we've had our scripts. What if I called you daddy? Would you hurt me then? Uh, I think I might, actually. Uh, so Shawn Michaels <laughs> is sitting there. He's wearing a red Henley sweater. He's got a leather vest on. He's got a black bandana. He looks like a comfy bad boy, Daniel. This is this is such a ridiculous, like, oh, my gosh, this is such a thing. It's so funny. I love it. Yeah, he's so, he looks so annoyed, that He looks so annoyed to be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he looks very uncomfortable. Like, I mean, they were like, Sean, Sean, are you there? He's like, yeah, we're here. Okay, yeah. we'll see you right after the break. <laughs> he like, <laughs> sure. the finger. He doesn't like that he's with Ozilotharia, which is back is like that's all the storyline now. But he didn't like that he had to like hang out with this old guy when he was champion, and I kind of blame him. Yeah, it seemed like yeah. For sure. Um, we come back and uh, we're talking to Jose, and he's he apologizes for what happens, uh, and he says, you know, I'm sorry that you know I was involved, and uh, the, uh, Sean kind of like says like, no, no, come on, man. Um, but he also says he's got some tests on his bad heart, and we also see Vince is starting to ask this question of Sean, and we actually see there's a press conference. It happened last Wednesday, apparently. The, there was announced that Sean is going to get his rematch at Royal Rumble in January, presumably against Sid or Brett, if Brett wins the championship in their pay-per-view match, because Brett Hart is facing Sid, Psycho Sid for the WF Championship in the next pay-per-view. But we're announcing the pay-per-view after that, and Shawn Michaels isn't the main event of that one. And so we're setting a title match for January. It's even funnier when you think about that it's November 18th, and they're setting a title match. This, this is taped, right? So they had this set um, like you know, two months before. Uh, which is funny yeah. for a time where they're doing the pay-per-views like this. Uh, Sean says, you know what? I might have lost my edge. It's my fault for losing the belt. And then Jerry Lawler <laughs> gets into the interview here. And he asks like such an insulting question being like asking, we blame, essentially blames Jose Lothario for what happens. And HBK loses his temper and the camera's zooming on him. And HBK says he wants Sid, he's champion or not. And Sean says, yeah, he'll take risks. He'll fight dirty. He'll do what it takes. Uh, and we're told, yeah, the Royal Rumble is not only does Sean have a rematch, but it's actually going to be at Sean's hometown of San Antonio, Texas, in the Alamo Dome. We've got 70,000 San Antonians are going to be in there with them. And uh, Sean says something interesting here where he says, uh, you know, of who he will be facing for the world championship. He says, I don't care if it's Brett, but I prefer it to be Sid. And I feel like it's kind of like very uh, specific phrasing to say, I don't care if it's Brett. I would mm, really interesting. Like you thought he was saying something? Maybe it was weird to me that he said it that way. I was like, okay, I don't care that it's Brett. It's like, I feel like you want to have more than just, I don't care about that. And so it's like, yeah, we have this weird moment where Shawn Michaels is, is, is on the camera and he's angry. And then we do a split screen and we see for a moment, uh, Rocky Maivia briefly. And we're like, okay, I guess he's yeah. going to match later. And it's like, they don't explain it at all. Cause he's still split screen with Shawn. But then we cut to Sonny who was making her way down to ringside. We cut away from Shawn. We're done with him. 
So Shawn Michaels, last week, they were like, is he going to be here or not? No, he's in San Antonio, Texas. He's angry as hell. He's very mad. Uh, and That's he's right. happy to, to tell you that. Uh, and he's got a rematch at Royal Rumble. So that is all set. So we, if you're a fan of Shawn, we have reason to, to cheer for him and hope that good things are going to come. And so, yeah, well, Sonny is making... strange for me, Matt, though, because yeah. he, he like was mad, but it wasn't clear to me that he was mad at Sid. Yeah, like, he's angry at the situation like in general, almost. His depicting was about like his actual work situation like the fact that he wasn't wrestling that night the fact that he was in another location the fact that he was with jose lothario the fact that whatever else like all the backstage stuff is what it felt like he was mad about because like his reaction wasn't in keeping with the questions he was being asked right and it wasn't directed he was just like he's basically saying i've been playing the game for this long i'm no longer playing your game i'm gonna do things the way i want I'm going to do it my way. And it was like he was talking to his boss through this. It was like a work shoot thing. It was very weird. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to see so like, in the week. I didn't like yeah. him. How did I like him? I must have missed all this stuff, you know? The still image of him gracefully sailing through the air as his uh, hair blew back in the wind uh, seduced me. So. Oh, man. I can't tell you. If we go through this whole, this whole podcast, and by the end of this project, you're looking at it, and you're like, Oh, I actually don't like Shawn Michaels anymore. That'll be great. I feel great about that. Uh, I don't actually want that to happen. Uh, we'll, no, we'll see that will mean. never happen. He's a redeemed man. <laughs> oh, man. And, and executive vice president of creative. So you watch your mouth, okay? Right. Yeah, I should be. I should respect. I mean, I'm not going to run my mouth about any ex- executive vice presidents. That would be, that'd be bad for me. And I'm professional. Um, so, yeah, Sunny eggs her day down on the ring. She shakes Vince's hand, and he dances, and Vince dances, too, and now it's time for Milton Bradley Karate Fighters again, Daniel. It's a holiday tournament continuing here. It's we're promoting the Karate Fighters. It's, uh, There's shenanigans in this match. Big time. This is essentially rock up soccer robots. Only the robots can kick and they can headbutt and they do mashing. And so this match, uh, it's a second round matchup. It's Sonny against Sable. And Sonny wins, but then the referee disqualifies Sonny after the fact because he discovers that Sonny used gum to stick her figure to the pad. So she punches the referee out. So Sable will advance the next round. So good for Sable. Uh, and so, yeah, we, this next match here is Salvatore Sincere against Rocky Maivia. Um, Salvatore Sincere is an Italian guy. He is in the ring talking. We don't actually hear very much of it. Uh, but we do hear Sonny here say that she's here to see Rocky. Because she's excited about Rocky Maivia. Because he's this hot young stud. Essentially the kind of thing, you know, throughout the match she talks about, like, Jerry Lawler's, like, jealous of how she's talking about Rocky Maivia. And he's, she's like, oh, go to the gym and work out. Maybe you look like him. And just like, oh, but then she's like nice to him again. Anyway, so Sonny is out here flirting, which is good. Daniel, how old do you think Sonny is here? Oh, 24. She will turn 24 later in the year. She's currently 23 years old here. Okay. Pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, that that is wild. That's that's a wild way to be at 20, yeah. 23. Today she'd be on TikTok. It's not even really a joke. That's just true. I don't know. It's not even a joke there. Um, that's just like actually what would happen, uh, which is totally fine. TikTok's fine. Uh, yeah, we see some clips uh, of Captain Lou Albano and Don Morocco in some sort of setting, uh, like professional setting, like they're kind of dressed up. They talk about Rocky Maivia. They said, oh, he seems like a good guy. He's going to do well. Sure. Why not? Um, Rocky Maivia, of course, is the rock, folks, for anybody who's not totally sure about that. Um, I, oh, but before we get to that, Doc Hendricks is in the back. He talks about, he, he, he talked to Bret Hart. They didn't get a camera in there. He's icing his head. He's a bit disoriented. So Doc Hendricks is on the beat once again. Or he's making things up. Uh, hey, so yeah. Handsome Doc Hendricks. 
That's it. Very handsome. Here. You're doing the hand thing they used to do. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so out of the corner, Salvatore Sincere, he gets hit with a shoulder breaker, and that's enough for Rocky to win. He gets the one, two, three. Uh, with a shoulder breaker move that I don't think would hurt enough to even get a two count or one count for that matter. Um, it's a, it's quite the impressive shoulder breaker. I guess so. And so uh, we go to the back where Mark Merrow is with Sable. And Vince asks him about Triple H's presence. And Merrow yells for a bit before he says it's time to get wild. So Triple H is going to be at ringside for Mark Merrow's match. Triple H just beat Mark Merrow for the Intercontinental title like two weeks ago. So that's why it's all worked up. Um, back to Doc Hendricks. He says things have calmed down with Bulldog and Owen, but Bulldog wants Austin. So we'll see if Bulldog gets to face Austin maybe in the next couple weeks. Might be a good thing to throw on to an episode of Raw. If Bulldog's mad. Maybe, maybe it's the pay-per-view. I'm not sure. And so, yeah, we got Billy Gunn against Mark Merrow with Sable. And uh, Billy Gunn here, he is just he just broke up with uh, the uh, Smoking Guns. His brother Bart and him are no longer wrestling together. They split uh, because Billy was too distracted by Sonny when Sonny was managing them, and Sonny left. So Sonny was around, now she's gone. Um, this is the main events of Raw. And, Daniel, my question to you is, can you believe WCW is beating WF this time, considering they're running a Billy Gunn, Mark Miro main event on Raw? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I, uh, I, I do not, I am not surprised. If you say so. That. Shocking. <laughs> uh, Miro, one point, he approaches. Although, tri- as yeah. a kid, I was into Mark Miro. Like, oh, he's cool I here. Mark Miro. Yeah. I loved everything about Sable. Like, I was just like into this whole thing. Well, yeah, he, he says it's time to get wild. And I'm like, yeah, let's get wild. It's great. And then you, you see him and he's like, he's doing cool things. He hits, he hits a marrow salts for two which is when he stands facing you and then does a jump and he gra- also lands the top termical and does a moonsault and he lands on you, which is crazy. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, he also, uh, then at one point, Billy Gunn gets like almost like a famouser. Uh, he doesn't jump with it. Yeah, he like, yeah, yeah. runs up and drops you. It's so weird to see. You're like, wow. Well, well, he goes backstage and someone's like, hey, kid, what was that? What was that that you just did? He's like, I don't know. I jumped up and dropped my leg on his back. Yeah. Famouser. Because that's going to make you famous. Theme ass. <laughs> and he's like, ass. Mm. <laughs> hey, that's Mr. Right. Ass. Like, 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 as if he's coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he doesn't even cover from the, that proto famous, which is funny to see. Like, oh, that's what he's at right now. Um, we take a commercial break. We're told the In Your House pay per view in December has a name. It's called It's Time. And it's sad because poor Vader was going to be in the main event of that show, but Sid won the title instead of Vader. And so now there's just a pay-per-view named after Vader, essentially, but he is not really around, or he's not going to be the main event. Oh, so Vader, the plan was for Vader to win at Survivor Series. Yeah, Vader was going to take the belt off him. He's going to wrestle at its time, and he's going to lose the belt back to Sean at uh, Royal Rumble. Sid just took the spot. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I guess in in theory, it's time it should be. It's crazy, because Psycho Sid was Psycho. It's Psycho. I couldn't call it that, because that's a movie. Um, Mark Marrow, back in the action here, he, he gets a top rope Hurricane Rana, but Triple H says, you know, he's going to go talk to Sable. So he leaves commentary. He approaches Sable, drawing Marrow out. And so Mark Marrow and Triple H come to blows outside, but it takes Triple H getting into the ring and taking off his suit jacket to actually properly draw disqualification. But then, oh, who comes down to the ring to save Mark Marrow from this, from this dastardly thing? It's exactly who you think it is, folks. Say it with me now. Everybody, as you all know, of course it was this guy. It's got to be Jake the Snake Roberts with a visible gut. <laughs> he just shows up, and I'm like, what? what? Like, I knew he was around at this time. Like, yeah. Slim, 
96 King of the Break. Like he, he was doing this stuff, so it was not totally surprising, but it was also like, woof. Like, Imagine a, watching this and then you're watching this and you're like, I'm just going to check on WCW. And there's like, the NWA is there, Sting is there, Ric Flair is there. You're going to like, I think I want to watch that. Why am I doing, why am I watching Jake the Snake uh, struggle to get his tights over his stomach? Um, yeah, and then uh, Mark Marrow and, and Jacob St. Roberts look at Triple H and Billy Gunn by the entrance, and we go off the air. So that is your one-hour episode of Raw. Uh, and yeah, Daniel, I'd love to get your final thoughts on the show. Um, as you may remember from last week, we have a rating system here. Uh, so if the show was bad, you would give it the rating of In the Dungeon. If it was eh, not good, not bad, you would say it's in the Nightheart Zone. Or... If it was good or great, you would say it was a TBT, ITBT, WTBT, EWB. That's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Daniel, your thoughts on the show and your rating, please. This is just a standard Nightheart level, Nightheart zone. What are we saying? It's the Nightheart zone, yes. The Nightheart zone. I feel so bad. I don't like using that name, but I'll, I'll go for it. The it's not your fault. Zone. It's mine. This is this is this is just like a so-so match, you know. I lo- I loved all the Stone Cold, Owen Hart, uh, Bret Hart, British Bulldog action. Great start. It was all starting really fine, and then it just sort of plateaued. It was just okay. Yeah. They ran no scene, and and you explaining that this is like one night of recording for four episodes makes a lot of sense. They're like yeah, having to space things out and like save some things for later, and so like. Billy Gunn and uh, Mark Miro make sense for the middle of the card. Right. It makes sense in the middle of the uh, card. Yeah. If, if you're talking about like one full night. But yeah. yeah. So yeah. So, so I'm, I'm still here. So, I'm still here for it. Shawn Michaels being really angry kind of made me uh, question my whole childhood. But uh, we're fine. We'll be okay. <laughs> I'm excited. To, I, I hope you continue to question this. I'm so that's the thing I'm most excited about. And I totally agree with you. Show plateaued. It's in the night hard zone. Totally accept that. Totally get that. Uh, no bonus match this week, folks, because we had the Bret Hart match to start off. The next show we're going to be covering is the December 2nd, 1996 episode of Raw. The bonus match is going to be the 10 team tag team elimination match from Survivor Series 1987 featuring the Hart Foundation. So I'm excited to share with that one and talk about that one with you next week folks uh, you can follow us smack addict smack addict pod on instagram and twitter you can share the show with a friend uh, you can view it on apple podcasts and you can also join me in thanking daniel Petapoff from the punch word party on youtube for joining me thanks you daniel for being here buddy thank you for having me matt i love being here and are we still calling our folks smack addicts or what they're smack addicts this, this is a smack addict podcast baby so that's exactly what they are yeah we love you uh, and folks, we'll see you next week, and we hope you don't ruin your childhoods. <laughs>